making money. We only talk to one man, and that man's name is Steve Quick from Ace Previews. We love him, and he joins us for the first time this summer. Hello, Steve. Hello. How are we, guys? Um, well, I, uh, mate, it's Christmas for you. I know that was uh, yeah, coming up a couple of weeks ago, but this is Christmas for you. Tennis absolutely everywhere, and you don't have to be up late at night for it. I know. What an absolute treat. Yeah, Christmas does come a little bit later for me and other tennis fans. But, look, it's, it's been off to a, a big start with the first week of the tennis and looking forward to seeing what happens between now and the end of the Australian Open. Well, Steve, what do you think of the... We know that Novak, every time he comes to Melbourne, is, is clearly to play at a beat. But we look at the back end of last year and, and Felix Orger, Ali Asim, Holger Rune, they were a couple who finished the year really well, but both of them have been a little wobbly, at least in their first game of, of this year. Um, who would you have out in front as the, the leader of the chasing pack if it's not them? Yeah, look, it is a bit of a tricky one. I mean, Novak did obviously get that first win through by uh, defeating immigration this time around. So that's great that he's been able to actually make his way into the draw. To be honest, when you look at it, you look at the fact that, you know, Novak's probably going to be seated fifth. Um, and, you know, I'm then kind of looking to the other players that are seated kind of sixth, seventh, and eighth has been kind of away from him in the draw, at least for the first quarter. The name that stands out for me is Daniil Medvedev. I, I think he's, he's just fallen under the radar a little bit with these other names kind of, you know, threatening Novak in the, the latter end of last year. Um, I think, you know, you're sitting around that $9 at the moment and you know you know what you're going to get from Medvedev. Um, he's shown that, that the conditions here do suit him so long as he stays out of the extreme heat conditions that can sometimes pop up um, in the, the latter part of January. But I think Medvedev, if I had to pick of the the bunch that's trailing behind Novak, I think he's the, the one that stands out to me at the moment. Yeah, he's uh, 880 or thereabouts on the exchange at the moment. Uh, last two finals, obviously beaten by Djokovic a couple of years ago and then probably should have beaten Rafa last year based on the position he was in. I guess the two that are either side of him are the, the Spaniards. Carlos Alcaraz has had a few injury niggles and Rafa, I think, has lost the first two games of a season for the first time in his entire life. So, um, yeah, I think that there's a bit of a bit of strength in that claim. Can, can Alcaraz get going, do you think? Look, it's going to be a massive test for him. You know, coming off, obviously, what was a huge 2022, won the US Open. He's now become, in many ways, the hunted um, in, in the men's game. You know, looking at the $8.60 there, he did get injured at the end of last year and have only seen him play and lose a couple of exhibition matches. It's really hard to make a call on him without seeing him on court. And it's hard to go from playing not a lot of tennis to, you know, to win the tournament. He's going to need to play, you know, seven matches at best of five. Um, it, it's going to be tough, I think, for Alcaraz. And I think the same for Nadal. As you said, it hasn't been a great start to the year for him. Um, lost two matches now to Nori and Demonor, having won the first set in both of them, which is a little uncharacteristic for Nadal. So it is tricky to see. You know, we're another year older. Everything becomes a little bit more difficult. So it, it is tough to see those two top Spaniards in the, in the market as being genuine threats at their current prices. Are people like Nick Kyrgios or Nick Kyrgios in particular always a slightly risky bet because generally speaking they're going to be a little bit under the market, a little bit under the odds based on, uh, I guess, that homegrown sentiment where, you know, as much as you acknowledge him as a legitimate chance, it's when, it, when an Australian competes uh, anywhere around the world, if we're backing them here in Australia, generally you've got to be a little bit careful. Yeah, I think you do, and obviously Nick is, is one of uh, Miles' favourite players, so we'll, we'll just touch on Nick, first of all. I mean, he's sitting around that... that you can't back that, him because he blows up and walks off, Steve. 
<laughs> I think the thing you need to consider with Nick is that obviously he's very volatile on the court. So, you know, you could fast forward three weeks and that $23 could look great value. But, you know, when you look at what's happened over the last couple of years, the fact that he hasn't played any lead-up tournaments to date, he might play Kuyong, he might just play a practice match against Novak. We don't really know what he's going to be doing. It's hard to really see how, again, a bit like Alcaraz, how he can play seven matches with best of five in these conditions on hard court um, with such little preparation coming in. So I, I think Nick's just a bit of a, a watch and wait at the moment. When you look at the other Aussies, I mean, you can kind of scroll down and, you know, you've got Alex Dimonor at around the 200s. He's going to be seated. Um, he's, you know, you know what you're going to get, I think is, is what's important with Dimonor if you're thinking for maybe more of a trading and a back to lay perspective that he might be one to consider and you know that you're going to get the crowd behind him you know wherever he plays on whatever court in terms of players that just before we move across to the, the women's side players like Stefano Sitsipas, I think I read somewhere oh, in fact looking through his data I think he's won 37 matches in the first two slams of the year but only eight in the last two he does start very well at the Australian Open and the French as a general rule I think he's been a semi-finalist in Melbourne multiple times. He hasn't been the same player since Djokovic beat him in that French Open final, but is there any value in him or a player that's at exactly the same price on the exchange in Yannick Sinner? Look, if I had to pick out of those two at the moment, I would probably side ever so slightly with Sinner. Um, but I think the, yeah, the tricky thing with Sitsipas is, as you said, that his season seemed to go off the rails a bit once he hits the grass of Wimbledon. And he doesn't seem to handle that very well. And then it's all kind of downhill from there. I think Sitsipas has shown through the United Cup that he is kind of, you know, edging back towards, you know, what is a semblance of his best tennis. He, you know, he did have some injury issues last year, the start of the year in particular. So he did play well, all things considered. I think he, he's worth considering, but I think for, for mine, you know, in my opinion with him, I need to see where he falls in the draw. I think I'd be more inclined to go with him if he falls in the other half to Novak and he's going to have a little bit of time to kind of build up to a potential match there. Um, but I think, you know, Yannick Sinner with Darren Cahill on board as, as his coach, you know, as part of the coaching team, I think he's one to, to really keep an eye on um, and should be able to make his way through to the, the second week. But he is, again, another who doesn't particularly like the extreme heat old Yannick. No, uh, that's a, it's a very good point. The Italian's going pretty well, three in the top 20 at the moment, and, and he one of those. Uh, one thing we've always said about, or in the last decade at least in tennis, is that the men's side has been a battle between a couple and the women's side's been wide open. I'm, I'm guessing that's not so much the case anymore with the Igor Fiontek train, eight titles last year, two slams, and she's uh, not unbackable but extremely short. So who would you have as the, the, the leading chance to, to knock her off in Australia? If I had to pick a leading chance right at the moment, I would actually say it's probably on Jabor because I know that she's going to be on the other side of the draw to her, at least in the, the early instances of that number two seeding. Um, but I think when you look through it, I, I think the players that are most likely to throw Shriotek off her game are kind of those big power hitters that, you know, from my opinion, I don't think can play at that red lining top level for seven matches to win a Grand Slam. Um, but the likes of a, you know, Alexandrova or even a Yelena Ostapenko or, um, you know, those type of big hitting players that could potentially throw her off if, if Shwiatek was to, to face either of them or, you know, other similar players early in the tournament. Um, 
outside of that, though, it's, it's really slim pickings. I think when you kind of work down, particularly before a draw has come out, but two that kind of have caught my eye at, at longer rides are Veronica Kudamatova, who has looked really good in a, in a you know for the of 2022 and has been starting to show some more consistency in her game and reaching quarterfinals and reaching semifinals and and going deep in tournaments. And the other one who's you know, largely on the comeback trail, but has just broken back into the top 100 is um, Marketa Vondrusova, who, mm. um, you know, was, was sitting around the, the $100 mark a couple of days ago, has come in a bit with some strong performances in Adelaide. But it's another one just to consider as an, an unseated floater who might be able to pick up a, a weaker seeds draw and, and make a little bit of a run. And uh, I guess a final one from me, looking around the, you know, at Adelaide and we've got tournaments coming up in, in Sydney. Is there anything you you like over the next few days, at least on face value? Yeah, it's, it's um, money. sort of standing out for you? Uh, well, I'm being a little bit optimistic at uh, 9 o'clock tonight by thinking mm-hmm. that uh, Dennis Shapovalov has a chance against Novak over in Adelaide, yeah. um, sitting around the, the six. Six dollars there at the um, at the money line, so it could be a, a back to lay option there. But I think just looking to the the Saturday afternoon uh, men's United Cup matches that are on, I do like the two favourites in the the men's tomorrow. I mean they're only just slight favourites, but Taylor Fritz to beat Hubert Hercatch and um, Sitsipas to defeat Berrettini. They're probably two that have have caught my eye across the weekend. Steve, looking forward to chatting uh, to you right throughout the summer. You've made us money year in, year out for the last few and uh, looking forward to making a fair bit more, my friend. Uh, You make sure you get some sleep. uh, Stay off the grog. Eat really healthy. Uh, We need you in fine form, (laughs) mate, for us right throughout the Aussie Open. I'll do my best. Thanks for having me, guys. (laughs) Steve Quick there from Ace Previews. It's an absolute ripper.